Hi, I'm Dr. Emmanuel Aiko. The early signs of a heart attack can vary. The most common include squeezing across the chest, a feeling of unease, and a sense that something just isn't right. It can be easy to dismiss the early signs of a heart attack as the symptoms don't always feel severe. It's never too early to call 999 and describe your symptoms. Your NHS is here for you. Well, look at this! Here's the guy here just in the nick of time. What does that make us? Big damn hero, sir. Ain't we just? I already don't like you. Right back at you, sunshine. Mystery sparks extraordinary adventure. The real mystery is why everyone's talking to them. I thought that was my thing. In here, you never know where the road will take you. Trap! When you walk on that court, you have to think I am the best guy out there. I don't care if LeBron's playing. In here, the party never stops. I got something to do in the morning, so it kind of does. Are you feeling this? Kind of. You don't have to. I know it. I'm doing it for me. OK. Hello and welcome to Shoot the Breeze on Resonance 104.4 FM, the film and TV radio show where a handful of film enthusiasts shoot the breeze about all things film and television. I'm Marcus E. Ako, and I actually prefer when, when, when an entire season of a show is dropped all at once. So let's just name that binge watching versus episodic. So that's my preference. My preference is binge watching versus episodic. Hi, I'm producer Dave. Um, there's a lot to be said for binge watching, but I actually like the anticipation of episodic and you know if you're with your friends and you want to talk about it and you've seen it and someone's binge watched the entire lot they usually spoil it for you whereas if it's episodic no one can actually do that okay so okay i understand that i understand that right i do i, I do so um, if you're if you're just joining us this was a conversation that started off last week uh, and we we said we, we obviously we had a whole bunch of stuff that we were talking about last week. So we decided to park the uh, conversation and put it on this week, which is why we're now having this conversation. So uh, we're going to do what I'm I haven't done this with you, Priest Dave, in a long time. I'm going to do a debate session. No, so I, where we're going to do it <laughs> just just before. Just it's not going to be long. It's just going to be maybe like five minutes. So people are like, oh, we're switching off. Um, I'll tell you. I'll tell you what we have slated for you for this for this episode. Uh, but then we'll jump into this conversation. So yes. So first of all, what we're going to be doing this uh, this episode in the film and TV news, we'll be talking about Netflix's summer 2022 movie slate, 
which is currently full of star power. Then we'll be talking to uh, for a previous guest on show, Oliver Crawford, who uh, we talked to him for the Paris International Film Festival when he had he had his short film, A Tree Fell Today. He's gonna to be talking about A Tree Fell Today and uh, another short that he's done, Evolutionary. So we're gonna be talking about him, uh, talking with him in the spotlight section. But for now, just before we jump into the movie, the, the film and TV news, um, because I, I enjoy torturing producer Dave <laughs> by trying to get him to talk about his opinions uh, about things, especially when I'm on the opposite side. And so this is why I want to have this conversation with him, this, this debate with him about which is better, binge watching a, a show or watching it episodically. So producer Dave, you've just talked about the fact that you prefer episodic because one of the reasons you gave was, was that your friends would probably binge watch the show and then they would spoil it before you get to watch it. No, no, no. I'm, I'm, not, I'm not saying that is it. I'm saying when you've got an episodic, something that comes on once or twice a week, then you've got time to digest the entire program. But not only that, to talk about it with your friends, talk about it with your peers, talk about it with family, what have you. And, it, and generally just enjoy the show and the different opinions that arise as a result of talking to them about that particular episode. So if it's an hour long episode, everyone's seen it and everyone has a different opinion about it and bang, you all come together and you have a good old chin wag. If, if it's binge watching, not everyone's gonna have the time to binge watch at the same time. Some people have got busy lives, so they might be able to watch two or three episodes, whereas someone else will be able to watch the entire eight episode series. That's if it's eight episodes. And that person is left in a situation whereby they can't really go too far into it because they're going to spoil it for someone else. They may drop an idea in there which spoils it as well. Or even if they're, if they're very, very, very careful, the other person, knowing that they know something, will pester them to get, get more information because they're curious and they can't wait to go and watch it. And this is one of the reasons why I'm, I, I'm, I prefer episodic. I can understand binge watching because I've been tempted to do that several times. I mean, Love, Death and Pro, um, Robots, very short cartoons and what have you, lots of different ideas, 10 episodes, no more, no more than 15 minutes each. I was able to sit there and binge the entire lot and loved it. But that is something different. That was only 10, 15 minutes and that was about an hour just watching that. So yes. Okay. Producer Dave, you know me. You've known me for quite a while now, right? You know that any opportunity I have to dive into an argument or a debate, I will seize. Yes. Correct? Is that correct? Okay. Now, um, I'm not going to change. I'm still going to be that guy. But just for a second, I want to preface it by saying, I do agree with the points that you're making about you know episodic uh, presentation of TV shows, etc. And you do make very very fair points. And while I was listening to you talk, there was a part of me that was going to go, you know what, you're right. I do like episodic, uh, but then I snapped back and I slapped myself and I said, no, binge watching is the way to go because here is why. Well, I, you, can, you can talk about the whole idea of delayed gratification or water cooler moments where people are talking about different shows because they watch an episode and they go and stand at a water cooler and they talk. Yes, of course. However, 
those were back in the 90s when people had didn't have cell phones and we had phone boxes on the streets and uh, you know, uh, crisscross was still a thing and what you call it, right? That was back in the day where my kids consider that as being olden days, right? The 90s, that's what I'm talking about. That was when stuff used to be episodic and that's when it should stay. Netflix has stepped in and they've broken the rules. They've changed the game where they dump everything in one go and it's your responsibility to watch it at your pace. Now, the opportunity arises in that case where if you want to watch it in an episodic manner, you can, because it is always there. You can plan your way of saying, look, I want to watch this episode now, and I'm going to wait till tomorrow or till next week or till next month, and then watch the second episode. So you can do that if you want to. The choice is there for you. If, like me, you want to binge watch immediately and get all of that content into your brain and process it as you go along, you also have that opportunity. For example, uh, and this this was this this it, I would have argued again for the episodic um, format had I had season three of Barry not dropped on Sky Atlantic this week or last week, and the reason why I didn't by say dropped it's being it's being dropped in an episodic manner, right? Where episode one popped up and I watched it and it finished and I was like no. I want to see episode two right now. I want episode two right now so I can watch it and see where they progress from here. Same thing with Better Call Saul. Better Call Saul is currently on Netflix and it is in its final season and they're dropping it in an episodic manner as well because in America, I think it's on Showtime and that's how it's it's being shown and then immediately it's being put on Netflix. So that is one show that they have to do in episodic manner. And every time you watch an episode, you're just like, come on, give me the next one right now. Give me the next one. I want to watch it and see what happens. And so because of that, watching it in an episodic fashion just drives me insane. And I understand what you're talking about where you're saying, oh, you know, you can then have, you can take time to digest it and whatnot. The problem with that as well is, again, because episodic uh, uh, format was a thing of the 90s, way back in the olden days, where there were only three channels that you could watch uh, shows from. Five. And only one, for sure, five channels that you could watch stuff from. And only and on those five channels, only three shows were good. So you could watch one show, wait for the next week to then watch the next show and so on and so forth. So you didn't have that much you know, content occupying your brain space. But now we have Netflix, Amazon, Apple, Hulu, Sky Atlantic, um, you know, BritBox, and, and, and everything, right? They're all producing quite good content as well. Yes, a lot of trash, a lot of trash. Professionals is one that is trash that we tried watching last week. And I'll, I'll talk about professionals on another day, but it's Tom Welling, Brendan Fraser. You need to remind me to talk about that show. Tom um, Welling. Um, Superman. Tom Welling. Superman, yes, from Smallville, yes. Yeah. So you, that is a topic we're going to talk about next week because, oh boy, <laughs> oh boy. Anyway, so we have- You're lucky, I, you, you managed to watch an entire episode. I only managed to get through 10 minutes, but carry on. <laughs> so we're on the same plane. We're exactly we're on the same level right now. So I, I powered through that one. Honestly, dude, I powered through the first episode. Anyway, I'm digressing. Anyway, so because we have so much content, 
um, you having that, you know, episodic. It, yes, there are some shows that I am absolutely happy doing as an episodic manner. Right, Game of Thrones was like that because it's big, it's bombastic, and you know, it's a Sunday night viewing. Everyone's going to settle down. Right now, for us, Moon Knight is just like that, which is again episodic. So with the MCU stuff on Disney Plus, that's what they're doing. They're dropping it episode by episode because you watch one episode. And it's like, you know, that tantalizing, you can't wait for next week to throw up an episode, which I, I watched uh, a YouTube um, analysis recently because um, we were going to talk about Netflix and them losing a lot of money recently, and a lot of subscribers. And one of the theories that he gave as to the reason why Netflix are actually getting hit like that is because of their whole drop everything in, you know, in one go so you can watch it because... The reason they gave, and this is me helping your point, um, the reason they gave is you watch the entire thing in the space of two or three days, and it's great, you enjoy it, but then next week and the week after and the week after that, you're watching something else and you're now forgetting what you binge watched, right? Whereas with episodic uh, nature, they can spread that out across 12 weeks. So you're now talking about that show for 12 weeks. So I do agree, episodic format is great, even though it belongs back in the 90s. But for me, it's the binge watch, baby, because I want to consume everything now. And then sometimes I might start watching a show and then three episodes in, I'm like, okay, I need to rest. I'm taking a break and I can pause and I can wait a couple of weeks and then come back in and jump back in and do that. So um, I'll say it's a tie. That's how I'll say this debate is a tie. So we, don't have, we, we don't have Laura Sampson here with us to make the, uh, the argument for or against. So Laura Sampson is going to message us on Twitter, or which is uh, uh, STB underscore Resonance FM, or on Instagram, Shoot the Breeze Show with a hashtag. It's all about the three-way hashtag Shoot the Breeze Show, hashtag binge watch or episodic. And then she's going to let us know which one, uh, who won. Anyway. You're listening to Shoot the Breeze on Resonance 104.4 FM. I'm Marcus E. Akko. And I'm producer Day. Uh, we are going to be having in our spotlight session later on today, Oliver Crawford, who's going to be talking about his films, A Tree Fell Today and Evolutionary. But before that, let's jump into film and TV news. <laughs> Netflix earlier in our conversation when we we're talking about binge watching or episodic format and I came across an article uh, um, on theverge.com which is Netflix's or Netflix's summer 2022 movie slate is full of star power so um, you know I like to check out to see what uh, Netflix is going to be doing um, you know in in their in in their uh, what they have slated for the rest of the year because they are for years now have been investing in a lot of movies uh, as well as tv shows so let's go and have a look we'll do it very quickly so that we can uh, save some time to speak with uh, oliver crawford later on so here is here here's a list of some of the films that are coming up uh, on netflix but month by month so we're currently in april 2022 we'll start with the month of may um, so, producer Dave, whenever we do these lists, what I like to do is I like to sort of mention a movie and I like to tell you, I like to ask or find out from you 
what your opinion is. Do you feel you're going to watch this movie or not? Are you happy doing that again today? Yeah, sure. But what what I'll say is that it'll go into my list or not. <laughs> okay, fair enough. Uh, it, it'll go into your list of this is what I'm going to watch. This is not what I'm going to watch. Right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, no, no, my okay. list. You know, the Netflix list of of things to watch. Things, things to watch. Okay, fair enough. Yeah. Let's see. So here's what we're going to do. Because and this is uh, the Verge didn't they didn't do this the way I hoped they would have done like other articles. They just basically put the name of the movie that's coming out. So I have no idea what the movie is all about. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to pick a couple of them that are coming out, and I've got IMDb on another screen. So I'm going to quickly type in, and I'm going to give you a pitch as to what the movie is. Right. Mm -hmm. So you ready? Okay. All right. So the first one is The Takedown. This is starring Omar Sy. Uh, you might recognize him from, um, hey, what was that show? Uh, is it, a, um, uh, it's the one that was a big hit on Netflix. I've, I've got IMDb. I can, I can say what it is. <laughs> Lupon, Lupon. So uh, the main character from Lupon, uh, and this is uh, two police officers who are the complete opposite, get paired together, uh, and to uncover an unexpectedly big criminal case. So this is French. So it's a French movie uh, that is coming on. So uh, first of all, so with that very bad pitch, is that something that you feel you might be looking forward to watch? I think what I'll do is I'll look at the trailer first. Okay, that's good. Mm. Um, I, I'm not going to help any of these movies because I'm just, because I'm, I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm having a quick scan of them. And I've, the very, the second one is called Along for the Ride. And I'm like, I don't recognize anyone in this film. And it's the summer before college, uh, Oden meets the mysterious Eli, a fellow insomniac. While the seaside town of Colby sleeps, the two embark on a nightly quest to help Oden experience the fun, carefree teen life she never knew she wanted. Does that sound like something you want to watch? No. <laughs> why, why not, Priest Dave? Don't you want to relive your... Um, your, your 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 teenage years. I've done that many a time. Trust me. Ah, fair <laughs> enough. All right, this one I have heard of. This is Operation Mincemeat. So this is uh, during World War Two. Two intelligence officers use a corpse and false fla uh, false papers to outwit German troops. This one has Colin Firth, Matthew McFadden, uh, Kelly McDonald, Jason Isaacs, uh, and it's, so it's war drama espionage drama what do you think is this something you feel you might want to watch it's funny i've heard about this i think they were filming it last year and yes. they were talking about it then um maybe maybe okay oh we've got a maybe uh the first one you said you want to watch the trailer the second one you said is a dead no this one is a maybe all right so the last one for the month of may and then we'll move into the month of june this is senior year it's rebel wilson a cheerleading stunt gone wrong landed her in a 20-year coma. Now she's 37, newly awake, and ready to live out her high school dream, becoming prom queen. Does, does that... Does, does that no. Your, no. No, no. It's got Rebel Wilson and Alicia Silverstone. Yeah, no. No? <laughs> okay. Um, all right. <laughs> <laughs> Let's move on to June then. All right. So in June, the first one we're starting off with is Hustle. So Hustle is um, Adam. Uh, Adam. Uh, what am I saying? 
I, I don't know why I'm saying, no, no, that's American Hustle. Um, Adam Sandler, my goodness, I, I'm staring at his face and I'm like, what is this movie? <laughs> it's, oh man, I need sleep. Uh, okay, so this is Hustle. It, it, is, it is starring Adam Sandler, Ben Foster, uh, and Queen, I think Queen Latifah is in it as well. A washed up basketball scout discovers a phenomenal street ball player while in Spain and sees the prospect as his opportunity to get back into the NBA. If I'm not mistaken, this is the one that is uh, produced by LeBron James. Um, and I'm just scrolling down. Yep, so it's got Adam Sandler, Robert Duvall, Ben Foster, Queen Latifah, Jaleel White, oh, a whole bunch of people in there. Uh, Raul Castillo, um, Steph Curry's in it. So yes, this is the one that was uh, produced by LeBron James. So does this one, um, you know, rustle your, ruffle your tail feathers? I don't know. Ruff, ruffle your tail feathers. Yeah, and this does is this another one. Interest? Yeah, this is another one where I'll watch the trailer. You watch the. You'll watch the. Trailer. Have a look at the trailer. I'm hoping that the trailer is more than a minute long, which is what, um, which is sometimes the the length of the trailer that you get with um, with Netflix. Yeah, that's true. All right, let me throw another one coming your way. This one is also in June. So this is called Spiderhead. In the near future, convicts are offered the chance to volunteer as medical subjects to shorten their sentences. One such subject for a new drug capable of generating feelings of love begins questioning the reality of his emotions. This one stars Chris Hemsworth and Miles Taylor. Miles Teller, sorry, not Miles Taylor. Miles Teller. Does that sound like something that you want to watch or you want to go and check out the uh, trailer first? Um, I'll probably watch the trailer, but I'll probably put this in my list to watch. Okay. See, I mean, it's Chris, it's, it's, uh, Chris Hemsworth. Uh, anything with Chris Hemsworth, I'll watch, right? Because, um, I mean, he's my four, right? That's exactly what it is. So, um, so yes, I will put, and I like Miles Teller. Um, he's you'll see him recently in, um, soon in Top Gun. What's the new Top Gun one that's coming out? Bomb Gun. Did you say Top Gun Long Gun? <laughs> no, I said Bomb Gun. <laughs> <laughs> wow, you, you you couldn't tell. You couldn't tell. Top and bottom. We do a TV, we do a top and bottom. Top gun, bottom gun. Top gun, bottom gun. Oof, I can't speak. Okay, so for me personally, again, like I said, yes, that is something I'm going to watch. I think I'll watch that over Hustle because um, uh, what was the last basketball drama, I, basketball show I actually enjoyed? I never saw He Got Game, but I do want to see that one. Um, maybe. Um, you know, the Denzel Washington one from... Uh, again, the 90s. I think um, uh, White Man Can Jump is my favorite basketball drama of all time. So, um, well, hey, who knows? It might be better than that one. But yes, Spiderhead is the one I want to look at. Anyway, let's move into July. Uh, there is an animation, uh, animated movie called The Sea Beast. It, um, I think this is one that you probably have to see the trailer to really enjoy. Um, here is one that is has a very interesting sounding name. Hello, Goodbye, and Everything in Between. Have you heard of it? No, I haven't, but it sounds intriguing. Okay, so hello, goodbye, and everything in between. I'm trying. I'm quickly typing into um, uh, into uh, IMDb to see what the name, what, what it is about. Oh, there we go. Finally got it. Jordan Fisher and Jennifer Robertson. So this is after making a pact to break up before college. 
Claire and Aiden retrace the steps of their relationship on one last epic date, revisiting familiar and unexpected places as they question, stay together or say goodbye forever. Producer Dave, is this something you think you're gonna watch? No. Wow, you don't, you're not giving anything about love a chance at all, man. Come on, seriously, seriously, man. <laughs> Anything, anything with with young kids and and love and finding themselves again, you're like, nope, I'm I'm out. Yeah, I'm out. I'm out but I've seen enough of those films. I'm just like, oh, give me something else. Okay, well, here's something else that is not just about love; it's about intrigue. And this is Dangerous Liaisons. Now, you might re recognize the name, right? Dangerous Liaisons. Yeah. Remember Dangerous Liaisons? Yes. Yeah. So Dangerous Liaisons. It, there's a uh, there's a new Netflix version uh, that is coming out. Um, I, I am trying to find out any information about it, but it is only giving me it, the uh, the Glenn Close, John Malkovich version, which was amazing. Do you, okay, let me ask you this. Did you watch that one? Did yes, I did. Um, now, did you watch um, Cruel Intentions? Yes, I did. Okay. Uh, so you obviously know that Cruel Intentions is like a modern rehash of Dangerous Liaisons, right? Yep. I also saw the French and Saunders version, which had me in stitches. <laughs> that was a, the sketch, right? I, I think yeah. I remember that. Yeah, that was, yeah. that was an episode where they did a sketch of all of, all of <laughs> it. Was <just> so funny. <laughs> I just remember it now. <laughs> I, I do. I, I vaguely remember it. But yes, I think I, I, the, I, the image is popping up in my head. Yes. Um, okay, so that so far July seems to be dry for you. So let me jump to another one. <laughs> uh, I think I know which one. I, I think I know which one is going to be uh, is going to be good for you for um, for uh, July. But let's go with this one now. So Persuasion. This is the movie based on the Jane Austen novel, starring Dakota Johnson, Suki Waterhouse, uh, and Henry Golding. Have you heard of Persuasion? No, I haven't. No. Okay. It is, well, um, I, I, I've never heard of it either. Um, I, no, I've, no, sorry. I've heard of Persuasion, but again, it's one of those costume drama things. So I'll move on from there. Let me go to the one that I think is definitely going to be on your list. And it is The Grey Man. Have you heard of The Grey Man yet? No, no, I haven't. Okay. Well, strap on tight. <laughs> I don't know why I said that. Um, <laughs> when, when the CIA's most skilled operative whose true identity is known to none, accidentally uncovers dark agency secrets, a psychopathic former colleague puts a bounty on his head, setting off a global manhunt by international assassins. Get who directed this. It is Anthony Russo and Joe Russo. Yes, you heard it right. The Russo brothers. Guess what the Russo brothers did? The Avengers movies. Uh, well, the recent Avengers movies, uh, also stars Chris Evans, obviously Captain America. It's got um, Anna de Armas from Knives Out. It's got Ryan Gosling. It's got Reggie John Page. It's got Jessica Henwick. It's got Billy Bob Thornton. It's got Alfred Woodard. It's got uh, Robert Kaczynski from, uh, from a whole bunch of other stuff. Uh, yeah, so, uh, and it's got, oh, it's got Jimmy John Lewis who is, uh, you'll recognize him as soon as you see him. Now, Producer Dave, is this something you think you're gonna watch? Um, well, yeah, I think I will. Yeah, you will. <laughs> I'm saying take this and inject it right into my veins right now. A whole, whole bunch of stuff that is listed on there. The fact that it's action, that's great. But the fact that you've got Chris Evans, again, Chris Evans, I, would, I will watch 
I don't want to see, I don't want to go and say, I'll watch everything that he's done because he did something on Apple and I haven't watched it, even though I have the chance to watch it. But uh, yeah, anyway, so that it's, 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 I mean, it's Chris Evans and his Russo brothers. There's no way I'm going to say no to that. Anyway, let's move on to August. Uh, there's 13, the musical. Um, I'm wondering 13, the musical, I, I'm not even going to die, go into that one. I don't think you're going to enjoy it, but this is one that I think you might actually like and put it in your list. It is called. How did you know? How did you know that's what I was going to go for? Day Shift. Day Shift starring Jamie Foxx, Dave Franco, Steve Howie. Here's the uh, synopsis. A hardworking blue-collar dad. Yeah, I'm going to watch it. <laughs> they are <right> immediately. <laughs> who, let me finish the synopsis. A, a hardworking blue-collar dad who just wants to provide a good life for his quick-witted eight-year-old daughter. His mother mundane San Fernando Valley pool cleaning job is a front for his real source of income, hunting and killing vampires. Yes, sir. Sign me up right now. <laughs> it's Jamie Foxx. I like Jamie Foxx. He's great in, in everything I've seen him in. Uh, Dave Franco. Dave Franco's good. I mean, he's, he's all right. I mean, yeah, he's good. He's got Snoop Dogg in it. It's got Scott Atkins in it, who's good in like he's, Is Snoop Dogg a vampire? I don't know. Most likely, oh, of course, hope he's so. be a vampire. Hope he's so. I want to see him. Be a vampire, I want to see him being off as a vampire. You know what I mean? If he's not a vampire, he's going to turn into a vampire. <laughs> so, yes. Okay. So I guess we've already got we've got August lined up. August is basically that one. All right. And and then, and then the article just stops. It just says um, summer movies without dates. No, so it hasn't given a couple, couple, three more underneath. Three more underneath. What do you mean? Three more underneath? Are you looking at the same article I'm looking yeah. at? Yep. Really? Yeah. Oh, the three. Well, the three more. There's Beauty, Bubba, and Carter. All That's right, it. let's have a look. Let's have a look. Let's start with Carter. I wonder what Carter is. Um, see, it's going to be difficult. How are you going to be looking for Carter? Um, let me see. Titles. I've done Carter. There's John Carter. There's Agent Carter. There's Coach Carter. See, no, nothing. Nothing that I can see about Carter. So I can't help with that one. Let's try the next one, which is beauty. Did you get anything about that one? No. Nope. Uh, beauty. No, that's even 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 more uh, obscure. This one should tell me which one it is. It's Bubba, uh, which is Once Upon a Crime. So hold on. Bubba, Once Upon a Crime. Man looks up thing on internet. That's, that's going to be the episode of our podcast. Nope, I can't see anything about this movie. So I can't pull up anything about those two movies unless it's it's this one, which is a TV series. Yeah, it is. I think it is this one, actually. It's uh, The Crime Shocked the, the, the crime shocked Brazil. Elise Matsunaga was shot and dismembered. Oh, sorry, shot and dismembered her rich husband. Featuring her first husband, I'm sorry, featuring her first interview, this docuseries dives deep into the case. Okay, uh, I think this is it because this one was made in 2021. Uh, it is on Netflix, so maybe that's what it is. So it's a documentary about a woman who killed her husband. Uh, maybe I might watch it, might check it out and see what it's like. Uh, anyway, so those are uh, some of the films that are coming out in, in this summer in Netflix. I have to be honest, not many really um, wrinkled my, uh, my mustache, um, although a couple did. I mean, you had two Avengers in there. You had Captain America and Thor. Those two, I'm definitely going to be watching. Um, the and then Jamie Foxx. So you had 
You had Thor, Captain America, and Electro. So yes, I'm definitely in on those three. You're listening to Shoot the Breeze on Resonance 104.4 FM. I'm Marcus E. Ako. I'm producer Dave. And this is Spotlight. You're listening to Shoot the Breeze on Resonance 104.4 FM. I'm Marcus E. Ako. And I'm producer Dave. And I'm joined with a guest who was on the show a while ago to talk about his uh, short film project, which was in the Paris International Film Festival. I'll let him introduce himself. We're going to talk about two of his short films. Please tell us your name and remind us of the short film that you had in the Paris International Film Festival. Hey, guys. So my name is Oliver Crawford, uh, and I'm the director and writer um, of A Tree Fell Today was the film we uh, discussed last time, which was in the Paris International Film Festival. Uh, and my other film is called Evolutionary, which is also uh, in a variety of festivals at the moment. Um, I think the next one is coming up in a few weeks in Austin. I'll have to look up the name again. Um, we, yeah. we, can, we, we can jump into that one in a second. Oliver, thank you very much for joining us again. Uh, you know, we, we talked last time saying we want to bring you back on and through email conversations, we heard about evolutionary, which I definitely want to talk about. But let's, uh, for those people who missed your first uh, interview with us, let's talk about uh, a tree fell today. So tell us uh, just briefly what is what what's the storyline of a tree fell today? Uh, so a tree fell today is quite um, it's quite a hard movie, I'd say. Um, and the basic concept is uh, a girl goes into so, a sort of virtual reality style psychiatry session to uh, deal with the death of her child and the subsequent suicide of her wife. Uh, yeah, that's, you're saying it was a, it's a hard movie to go into. I watched it at the Paris International Film Festival and boy, as soon as I, as soon as I finished watching it, I emailed your producer, uh, Simone, and just said this was, that, that was, that was tough. It was grueling to, to, to go through. It was brilliantly done, uh, you know, very, because the way you captured the virtual reality uh, therapy session was it, it it wasn't a very clean like you know like if you take example virtual reality as uh, Tony Stark described it in Civil War where you're basically just seeing it as if it was exactly as it is this was very choppy and sort of like certain things were in different orders in, in different order so it's it, and it kind of in my head makes sense because of what you're trying to tackle if you're trying to deal with a traumatic uh, experience, right? You wouldn't necessarily see it exactly how it happened. Your brain would try to shift things and play with things and whatnot. What made you want to take that approach to tell this story? Um, well, you know, like you said, it jumps around a lot. And the reason we did that, the whole uh, the concept going in from the beginning was that you, in order to try and as, as with a normal therapy session is people go into it and then they try and then discuss objectives in the past to find out what reasons are causing emotions in the future or the present. Um, that's what we wanted to do with this. So, you know, you jump through your memories because it's not a linear process, right? Remembering things, you don't necessarily put them in orders and you kind of jump through. And then I think within the story, we kind of say the characters start, you know, she's sitting there trying to do this calmly. And as the emotions overtake, of various memories, the memories start jumping because she has less control of her memories and of her thought pattern. 
um, as she becomes more emotionally connected. And as you know, some of those memories are, as I said, quite hard to, for us to face sometimes as people. Um, and those, you know, which will have an effect on that, hence the jumpiness and the going around and her not wanting to face what eventually she realizes is the moment um, and is the problem that she needs to deal with, which is causing these issues within her life. And we, we spoke about this the last time, but again, for people who didn't catch that episode, what inspired this story for you? Um, so there's one of a few things. I mean, one of the major factors, um, I had a close friend sort of pass away um, and that was a big, um, a big thing for me because I hadn't really had to deal with that in my, I've been quite lucky. I mean, lucky, I suppose, isn't the right word, but, you know, just hadn't really had that, that suddenness to suddenly have someone in your life and then not. Um, and that played a big part in this story and, and that process. And then the original script actually came from a, a, a writer, um, colleague of mine, which had elements of that in it. So we just kind of sort of merged those two together and then it worked really well. And the, the title of the film, A Tree Fell Today, I have my ideas as to what that, what the meaning of it, of that title, what is behind the meaning of that title. But for you, as being the writer-director, what 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 is the meaning of a tree fell today? Yeah, yeah so, um, a good question. Um, the premise that we came in for it that we wanted from the beginning, you know, is that classic phrase: "The tree falls in the woods and no one um, hears it." Does it fall? And they're having the same idea with mental health. Um, you know, if people are going through things but they don't tell anyone, are you going? Like, is it happening? Now, obviously, it is, but that's the problem. People tend to push these things down, and until you discuss these. Th things until you address these things and try and, and face the, th the obstacles in your life or the issues that you've been carrying around with you, you're never going to get over it. Um, and that was kind of the, the premise of what the story was and what we wanted to deal with. Um, and that obviously was what the title was trying to um, convey. And I think that's kind of marries up with what I was thinking as well, especially with the, the last shot of the movie, what you see when you're following uh, you know, the, um, uh, Elise, I believe it's Elise, the main character, as she's right, leaving yeah. the office, and you get to see the queue of people there. It sort of, it kind of gave me that sort of idea of, because the very first time you see it is just her at the at the office and so on. And then when you're leaving, you're seeing a whole bunch of people who are there sort of like with their own kind of issues. That's what I took away from the movie anyway. Just it, It's not a solitary experience as a lot of people tend to think with mental illness. It's the fact that every a lot of people, there's a large number of people dealing with their own issues, trying to deal with their own issues, but sometimes they're failing. And so it's not as solitary as we may think. A lot more people are there. That's kind of what I took away from there. Uh, you're listening to Shoot the Breeze on Resonance 104.4 FM. I'm Marcus E. Ako. I'm producer Dave. And we're here with the writer, director of A Tree Fell Today, Oliver Crawford. He's just been talking about his uh, his uh, grueling short film, which played at the Paris International Film Festival this year. Uh, what what has happened to the film and to you know to you and to the film uh, post Paris International Film Festival? Um, well, again, I kind of this is where I kind of need Simone here because I know she's got all the stuff written down. Um, we're still going through. So we've still got um, quite a few other festivals coming up. Um, which is very exciting. Um, we're getting a few awards, a few nominations. I can't say until the festivals happen, so I can't um, expose on that. But yeah, listen, it's been, it's been really well received. As you said, it's quite um, like we were lucky enough to have a, a few festivals over in the UK, so it was obviously a lot easier for us to go along and watch. And you know, as any any um, 
director or filmmaker wants to see, they want to watch an audience watch their movie, right? How the, the general populace receive that. And, um, and it was fantastic. But as you said, because it's, we, we made this prior to lockdown. So I was trying to do something quite hard hitting. Obviously, we didn't know that the world was going to be very hard hitting after that, right? So, you know, timing wise, but listen, that is what it is. And, and that's just life. And uh, yeah, so it ends. And, and the best thing was this kind of like slow, it, it took people a second. I think everything else was kind of like these short, snappy little things that kind of got in and got out. And I think this kind of lingered with people a bit more, which was really interesting. And it was wonderful to um, to see it with an audience and see how they reacted. And, and you know, they, we were really in for it the whole way through. Um, and like I mean, you were just explaining just then, the sort of premise at the end of the film, people got the messages we were trying to put across, which, you know, I, I always think is quite important um, as a storyteller in some way, as long as the, the main concepts that you're trying to push, the audience understands, then to me, you've done a successful job. Now, everything is personal and, you know, you're going to take away different things from that. But um, yeah, so it's being really well received. But like I said, it is, it's not an easy movie and it was never meant to be, um, which I hope makes it stand out and encourages to people to have these discussions and, and talk about the film and talk about what it means and, and their personal experiences about that. Yeah, and I want to give a massive shout out to your, your lead actresses, um, uh, Olivia Popica, who played Elise, and Jordan Alexandra, who played Jessica. I mean, putting it, it's, it's sort of what they go through as, you know, as actresses in that, or as actors in general, in those scenes, very grueling emotionally, physically at some points. I mean, Jordan Alexandra goes through a whole bunch of stuff that's like, wow, okay. Um, what sort of, talk us through your process as to how you worked with them to make them feel comfortable to be so emotionally vulnerable on camera. Um, yeah, again, so that's a really important point. So as you said, the, the process of doing that, I had to kind of really tap into something inside them um, to bring out this emotion. And we sat down for ages and I like to spend a lot of time with my actors beforehand discussing things, you know, I, any personal connection you can get to any story is always going to help. But, you know, and I had the conversation with them, look, I'm going to really push you. Um, and it, it might seem quite extreme, but, you know, I want to have this conversation now and make sure you're happy with that. And you trust me and you have to have that relationship and that bond going for them to go, OK, look, you know, I, I'm with you and I understand what you want to do and I trust you to do these things. I mean, following that up, because of obviously there's a lot of vulnerability within the movie. So, again, anything I can do to make the actors more comfortable um, I would always try and do. And that's my main concern really is, is the cast, right? That's, that's who I've got to look after and that's who I've got to try and represent. So, you know, we did our utmost. Um, so most of the crew uh, were female. So on set, you know, it was kind of, that was the presence that we wanted to present so that they felt more comfortable wherever possible. We stripped as many people out the sets for those sort of harder scenes. Um, and we were really, really keen on just making sure that they were in a good place. And then, you know, when I went to certain levels and I would push them um, to get that performance, they felt safe within that. So they could expose themselves um, and not feel as, as exposed um, from the situation they're in. So I think which they, which worked really well. And um, yeah, I mean, the, the end scene in that movie, you know, in the particular, the heightened part of the film, I mean, I, I was teary died on the first take. I mean, it was it was really strong stuff and they really pushed themselves. 
um, and just some unbelievable performances all around, really. Yeah, whatever you did, it definitely worked because the two of them, they were fantastic in that. So um, I hope to see more and more of them in the, in the future. Um, so let's now do a massive pendulum swing from a tree fell today to evolutionary, which uh, if you were to put those side by side and say this was directed by the same person, a lot of people would disagree. So tell us, what is evolutionary? Uh, and let's let's jump into that. Uh, so evolutionary is, um, yeah, it's kind of, you know, you're right, it is a bit crazy. Um, so the concept around it really was about racism and discrimination. And then we kind of covered it in guns and explosions and practical effects and stunts and all of that kind of stuff that I think in a world that's very CGI heavy, um, we really wanted to push the practical effects and I think it works. Um, and, you know, the premise of the film is you see the special forces team hunting a sort of alien species into sort of an abandoned processing facility. Um, and then, you know, one by one, they slowly get taken out. And then at the end, um, there's the kind of the big reveal. Um, but, you know, and like you said, with, it, uh, with any story, there should be a core um, emotional story point that you're trying to put across. And this one, you know, was it, which I think should be in everyone's work really at some point. But, you know, the essence of it is discrimination. And just because someone tells you, you know, someone's a terrorist or someone's this, someone's that, doesn't mean they are. And it's all about the perspective in which you see that. Um, again, I think this is a, a process that will always be current um, in, in sort of our society. Um, and it's about never taking things on face value, really. And it's, it's like I said, it, with, with it being a complete shift and you even described loads of guns and explosions, etc. Um, so this 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 um, this armed forces team, the special units team that's uh, strolled in. I mean, you have is essentially they're going on, as you mentioned, on a hunt. Now, that's completely separate from what you did with the tree fell today. You have uh, choreography that you need to deal with, physical choreography, uh, gunplay. You had explosions at certain points. Um, what, what was the one of the what was the um, the uh, surpri most surprising thing that happened to you as you were planning that and then in the execution of that of that production? What was the most surprising thing that you came away with after shooting Evolutionary? Uh, I mean, we shot the film. Uh, it was earlier on in my career. Uh, we had a very solid script, and because of the nature of it being a lot more concepts, um, we had a lot more artwork to go with it. So we have a lot more concept work. You know, as I, as I mentioned, there's a comic book we made um, using the storyboards. And so we had a lot more visuals with it, which really sort of helped hone it in. You know, I had big character breakdowns, big story arcs. Um, we really created a whole world of this, um, for this story. So, and then it was a case of, as with anything, it's like, you know, as much prep as you can. I mean, we built all of the sets in a abandoned pig farm out, uh, out near Beaconsfield, I think it was, because we had the ability of what was there and then we did it. And I mean, that took us three, four months really of like bringing stuff out, you know, someone would get something for free. We stole like some random little facts. I think they were shooting Avengers at the time and like all of our big pipe work, that was all nicked from Avengers. Like it's someone saw it out, I'm not gonna, whatever. It happened to be, in a studio 
and it was going to be thrown. So it may have ended up on a truck and it may have ended up in our sets. Um, Statute of limitations may have expired. So we, I, I don't know. I think we're okay. And I think, listen, you know, if we had some big logo or something, I think it would be a bit different. A bit of pipe work, no one's going to know. Sure. Um, but that was great. And we had an incredible design team. Uh, Andy Niblo was the production designer and did a great job, him and his team, um, of really bringing that all together. And like I said, because it was my first thing, I really pulled in all the favours um, and we did everything you can. We shot it over two weekends. It was a four-day shoot. Um, we had stunt rehearsals and fight rehearsals going on for about three, four weeks, which was pretty intense. Um, and yeah, listen, it's prepping it. It's covering it. You know, as with every and anything, it will always go, go wrong. The timing in which we had to shoot it was the middle of July. That movie is pretty much just a night film. So, you know, you're, you're limited then. The sun comes up. There's nothing I could do about that, right? You have to shoot in this time period. So towards the end of it, um, we were lucky enough to have a steady cam with us with one Alexa and then another Alexa. So we had to then split off. So I was basically directing two units simultaneously to try and make sure we can get all these elements in. Um, which was a fun experience. I think if you were any further away, luckily, because it was all based in uh, close proximity, it was very doable, but, um, but that was a lot of fun. And then when you get to the kind of the guns and the explosions, um, our special effects supervisor, Scott McIntyre, actually, he lives in Manchester and he flew down in a biplane because he has a bad leg and he can't sit on trains for too long. Um, and he had C4 strapped under the wings um, blank firing guns in the back. Uh, what else did he have? We had some scribs. Um, yeah, various bits and pieces. Um, yes, we flew down. We shot all that within two days. Uh, unfortunately, I only got two takes, three takes of the explosion because there was this, I mean, it's just funny film stories, right? This particular tree that it was under where we happened to have done it because the, the tree work is fantastic. And I, I always really like that shot where the character realizes, I think it's really well lit and it, it's, it's really nicely done. Um, it's quite a rare tree, it turns out, and no one had told us this. So after two explosions, and now obviously if you're doing anything, any practical effects, you know, you always want to go bigger, right? And I'm like, yeah, that's great. Can we, uh, can we double it up? How much have we got left? Let's go bigger, let's go bigger. Um, so I think after the third take, where I tried to push it as much as I could, um, we were kindly asked to not do it again. <laughs> wow. So luckily we got it. I mean, it was great, but um, yeah. That's, I mean, it, you can see all the effort that goes into, that went into that short film. And for me personally, it, it resonated, it resonated really hardcore with me because of uh, uh, one of my, uh, I, the last, no, second to last short film I shot way back in like 2012, and it's called The Extraction, and it's pretty much it's not the same premise, but it's about a special forces team going to do something. And seeing that, and I, I, I couldn't help but just fall back into that Vietnam experience of having to go through and take those shots. Um, but it seems obviously you had a, a lot more time to prep and it seemed like you did your job properly unlike me, uh, where basically everything was ready. You had C4 um, available. Um, are you planning on expanding on evolutionary and maybe making it into a feature or maybe, maybe making multiple shorts to build a compendium of a story? Um, yeah, I mean, definitely the feature front. There is a script. It was written a while ago. It probably needs a bit of revisiting. 
which then, I mean, the script carries on from where the short finishes. So you'd have the beginning of the short and then it goes and it continues the story of the main character um, and the world that we're living in. But, um, but also at the moment I'm going through with an editor because what ended up in the movie and what we actually shot, there's a lot more that we shot. Um, and it's some really good stuff. And for whatever reason, it didn't make the final cut of this particular draft of the film. Um, but so we're in the process now of going back and going, okay, you know, we had a, uh, it's like a three minute fight at the end of the movie, which ended up getting cut because for whatever reason, the costume that was designed didn't work on the day and it ended up being not quite to the level that I needed it to be. But obviously, listen, I'm on a, I'm there shooting in the middle of summer. We've been up rehearsing this fight for X amount of time. And I had, you know, the small elements of visual effects that we did have, like the tracking pads and wire removals where the guy gets pulled back of the stunts. We knew that was happening. So that was already addressed, already budgeted. And there was a visual effects supervisor there, uh, Adam Lawrence in the days to do that. Uh, and then the great company, um, Treehouse Digital, they're based in Bournemouth, fantastic guys. And then they did their work and it was all perfect because we knew what we wanted. You have those conversations beforehand. You make sure the framing is right. You know, I'd speak to them and say, okay, how, how can I help you to make this look the best we can make it look? So, you know, I'll always take that in consideration is I'll explain, well, this is what I want to do. And they go, okay, well, look, if you do this, this, and this, we can make it more believable to an audience. So, you know, if I'm not losing anything, fine. If I am, we go back and we rehab the conversation. So, um, so yes, we have a lot of stuff and this, this incredible fight scene. Um, so we're gonna go back and look at it because I think we're looking at about 45, 50 minutes put together that we already have in the can. Uh, and then it would just be a case of seeing, all right, well, how can we improve this story? What else could we shoot? What else could we do to push this and then end up with a product which is then a sellable product rather than a um, short format, which is obviously not quite as viable. Um, and we'll have a, a smaller audience reach, basically. Are you okay talking about the budget of uh, Evolutionary? Do you want to know the budget? Yeah, totally. The budget was seven and a half grand. That, so, yeah. I mean, we really pulled it out of the bag for everything you see there. I mean, we had a technocrane. We had it for this one big shot in the warehouse, massive technocrane. Um, our crew was about 60 because we were shooting two units. Like I said, blank firing weapons, you know, there was nothing. It was really important for me with any gunfire. I need that reaction from the actors. I think you can do the visual effect flair and the rest of it. And now obviously with current affairs, bringing up the health and safety issues that can happen with blank firing weapons. Um, like I do get it and I'm sure it can be done and I'm sure it can be done believably. But I really wanted to make sure you felt that and the actors felt that and everyone was in it. And I think it really worked. And, you know, I was very happy with, with those kind of reactions and stuff. But, but as you've seen, it was a big feat. For seven and a half grand, you did. A, it was an amazing job because, I, again, as somebody who's going through budgets and stuff for production with the level of uh, special effects that you have in there, the visual effects, uh, and the story that you're doing, it's it, it is it, you did tremendously well for that budget. 
Um, and it's it kind of reminds me of Rodriguez, Robert Rodriguez, taking a small uh, a small budget and just improvising and making something even more amazing happen. And I think obviously it is one of those kind of things where it, you can tell that if a little bit more budget goes into it, giving to you, you can take that idea, expand it, and do more with it because you've got the ambition, you've got the the drive to try and get such bombastic uh, action happening on screen. Uh, and I definitely, I definitely want to look at the graphic novel that you made from the stills of that because I'm a huge graphic novel fan. And uh, yeah, I would love to, love to get that on board, watch it, read it, and uh, and and more, hear more about what's going to happen in the world of evolutionary. So yeah, yeah. Well, like I said, I've got a copy of it sitting next door for you. So um, we'll hand that over in the passing weeks so you can have one for yourself. I'd appreciate that completely. You're listening to Shoot the Breeze on Resonance 104.4 FM. I'm Marcus E. Ako. And I'm producer Dave. And we're talking with uh, Oliver Crawford, who's the writer-director of A Tree Fell Today and Evolutionary. Uh, Oliver, what is next on the radar for you? Uh, what's next? So I've got, um, I sort of mentioned previously, maybe. So there's a few books we're looking at um, to turn into features. Um, and basically go from there, really, as I said. So, that, so you know, we're trying to see what we can get out of Evo and what's, what we have from all this that wasn't used um, and see if there's, we can expand that story as one. Um, and then, yeah, there's a, there's a book we're looking at at the moment, two books by the same writer, actually. Um, so we're in the case of putting together a, a packet at the moment, getting the screenplay in a good place, um, and then going forward and trying to, and trying to um, shoot that, really, and, and work that forward, which would be... Which I'm very excited about because I think it's a really interesting script. Um, it's a great little psychological horror. And I think it offers a lot and visually will be stunning. So I'm really excited about that. And again, taking in the same premise of my work um, and, and sort of adding that my style to it, really. So I was on mute there. Uh, so if somebody wants to follow you to find out more about your projects, how can they follow you on social media? Uh, so the best way is so on Instagram, the um, Hanging Lantern Pictures, which is our production company. So that's literally at Hanging Lantern Pictures on Instagram. Um, through that, you can also find um, my sort of more private one, which is Sandwich Monkey, which is spelled a bit weird. But if you look in Hanging Lantern Pictures, then that will come up. Um, and that's kind of our main stuff. I mean, we're all on Twitter and the rest of it, but um, we're trying to run everything through the company's Instagram then the links on that, you can watch the trailers for all the movies. You can listen to various interviews, chats we're doing, progress going forward. We try and really keep it up to date with as many links about artwork, stuff we've done, what we're doing, you know, all the interviews with yourself and things like that. Um, you know, and keep people abreast of what's happening and how they can get involved. And, you know, if people are interested in stuff, we always want to have that conversation. Excellent. Oliver, thank you very much for joining us today on uh, Shoot the Breeze on Resonance 104.4 FM. I want to thank everybody else for listening. Uh, without you, obviously, we don't get to do this show. I don't get to meet uh, interesting, uh, talented people such as Oliver Crawford with his projects. I don't get to rant for an hour and a half to producer Dave about the films and things I don't like about binge-watching TV and episodic <laughs> formats and whatnot. Uh, so, I, you know, it's because of you and all of you who listen to this podcast, as well as um, Resonance FM, who, like I always say, they don't listen to, to the show. Otherwise, they would have cancelled us ages ago. So keep on not listening to the show uh, so we can carry on ranting every Friday and release a podcast as, as we can. You have been listening to Shoot the Breeze on Resonance FM. I am Marcus E. Apple. I'm still producer Dave. 
then thank you very much for listening. And speak to you all next time. Goodbye. Bye.